Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Character Witness. This week we're going to be talking to Billy about his various characters. Now Billy is also someone who is part of my current campaign and has been for about four years now? Four years? Have we been going four years? I don't think we've been going for four years, but it sounds better that way. <laughs> yeah, let's say four years. No, I, th- I think it is. It was March 11th, 2017. All right, three. It was one off. I, I mean, mean, two off, I can't do bad. I just want to just clarify years. before we go forward. One, I can't read, and two, I can't do math. Okay, let's go. Okay, <laughs> so Bill, just to start off, just similar in the way to starting off Ryan's episode, what is the appeal to you from D and D? Like, what drew you towards it? Have you like when did you start playing? I know you you play with us, but did you ever play when you were little or anything like that? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I did drama in school. So this was back when I was like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. I was a big drama weeb. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was a fantasy club that opened up with, you know, like the stereotypical dorks that you'd see on like a TV show. I joined one of those clubs for about two months. And it was literally like 10 people sitting around with no role play, trying to punch stuff with Ooh. an angry DM who just wanted to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, so, that was like... So this group, was it full of like drama kids? Oh, no, no, no. This was, like, me and one friend from drama. We were like... Right, I thought you were playing D&D like... with a cast of Glee. Or oh, man, okay? can, you imagine, can you imagine a bunch of drama people? That'd be amazing. I open the door! <laughs> Enter! To be fair, that could be a good ah, character. Write it down, write it down, write it down. But no, it was me and one friend from drama. We were like, yeah. we were like, we like acting. Let's go do this, this role-play game. And then it was a bunch of people like, eh, I want to roll a hit. <laughs> just shit like that so the people who only cared about combat and shit like that oh yeah yeah but bear in mind this was a clusterfuck of like 10 people all trying to have the spotlight i mean it was hilarious at the time but then uh from there it was just one shots like us guys did some one shots back when we were like 15 16 years old that went horribly yeah. <laughs> and uh i did a couple with uh some shout outs to the wise men like gaz and cat hey. we, we played a couple of games then late teens i played with uh my friend adam and uh cousin danny who literally played pierce hawk form from community that was okay. his character <laughs> wow so we had, yeah we had a dragon kin barbarian a dwarf cleric and pierce hawk form. <laughs> so what what is the aspect of the game that like most interests you is it the just the acting oh, part or definitely role-playing like don't get me wrong the combat's fun and we've done a lot of crazy stuff in combat like i would never say you know oh i don't like combat because it's really good but uh i live for the the downtime moments like uh yeah last session we had i mean apart from like we had that kraken fight which but that only lasted about half half an hour maybe and then it was like two and a half hours of just character development and i mean chaffinch got a lot of screen time in that as well i like that kind of stuff it's it's fun playing off of people's characters I mean, that goes back to school as well, just being able to be a character and be like, oh, wow, this is different. This is nice. Yeah, I think it, I think it, it scratches a very specific itch where I just feel like we talked about it with uh, Ryan last episode. It was a case of like, it's just this compulsion to play off other people and like just goof around, like not to be obstructive in the game, but it's just yeah, fun yeah. to be goof because like that's all me and Ryan have ever done. Just be, yeah. just be idiots. That's all, yeah, that's all three of us have done. <laughs> Even like the opposite of being a goof, like if you want to play, you know, a stuck up law abiding man, 
in a party full of people who would definitely be goofballs yeah that's like that's its own fun in its own right because you suddenly become the dad <laughs> so it's like trying to rein people in as long as you're like building off uh anyone in the party yeah however yeah. you build is it can be up to you but if you're building off each other i think it was one of the most important things it's, yeah. it's just a lot of fun when you just mix a bunch of wacky characters together who like bounce off each other in good ways and bad ways yeah, and it's sort of like when you once you're in a group, like you can make a character, you can draw up all the the backstory you want, but once you're in a group, you find that like your character becomes someone you never thought they'd become because like you're bouncing off people who were not not that they're stopping you from becoming like whatever you envisioned at the start, but like say you wanted your character to be super serious, but if you find yourself in a group of adventurers who like just want to have fun, you'll find that it is contagious, so your character might become, like, more fun. So, like, say if you write down the stereotypical, I'm gonna be a lone wolf, my parents are dead, <laughs> and then you're hanging out with these goofballs all the time, you're gonna, you're gonna learn to be at least a little bit fun, and yeah, then I mean, it becomes... Sometimes you uh, don't think about your parents being dead. Just yeah, like, then oh, it becomes, man. my parents are dead. <laughs> That's right, dead tired of Gene scratching. <laughs> Just a little little clown honk at the end of it, you know, lighten things up a little. But yeah. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna get into your characters, not physically, that'll be weird. Um but just uh, discuss mean... them. So the first one I'm gonna discuss, um, who holds a very special place in my character's heart, it is uh Cibo Magnifico, the tiny magician man. So if you'd like to tell us a little bit about Cibo Magnifico. Yes, Steve Magnifico was a magician known far and wide. I'm sure everyone's heard of him. Absolutely. But uh, when I made Sibo, so like this is going back to like when I was like 13, like you know 15, when we played all those one shots. I basically always played a dwarven cleric for some reason because I didn't want to go anywhere out of my comfort zone, and I always liked playing the supporty classes. Yeah. So I was like, you know, oh healer, dwarf, they're fun, they're tiny, and they punch stuff. So with Sibo, I was like, I just want to do something you know just different from like what i normally do so instead of being law-abiding cleric man it suddenly became a stereotypical gnome who shoots fire everywhere laughing hysterically but um i kind of wanted to play him like uh more from where he was from as opposed to what kind of a character he was yeah. so when we made well, when i made sibo i was speaking to my car dungeon master and I was like, do you mind if I like just design a place that he's from that's like away from the world? I, I had no plans of going there, but obviously that uh, backfired and we ended up doing a lot of stuff there. Yep. Yeah. We made I made Whimsy Isle, which is, you know, it's away from all of the mainland. It's full of a bunch of gnomes who love playing tricks on each other. They have really weird customs. And I just wanted him to be a, like just a, pro, uh, a product of that. So I was like, oh, how do I work the sorcerer class? Because, you know, they're all have come from like divine bloodlines and stuff it's like how yeah. do i work that in i was just like maybe he just has no idea maybe he has no idea about magic like he didn't have arcana as a skill he knew nothing <laughs> about magic he was just some dude who was born with these powers and he was like i'm gonna be a magician <laughs> it was just kind of that was just the fun of sibo was just getting into wacky antics but uh, i played him as a good character i probably could have played him neutral but um i, f I don't know i feel like I feel like with gnomes, it's fun to have like, you know, oh, they're crazy, but they're trying to do overall yeah. good things in the end. It's not just, oh, they're going to start burning down villages for fun. <laughs> that would just be boring after a while. I mean, there were flashes of his... Because I remember a couple of times when my old pacifist barbarian was trying to talk people down and it looked like it was going south. Like, it would either be Seabo or Tarn who would 
Be like, well, guess we're fighting now. <laughs> Throw a fireball or something at them. It was, um, <clears throat> I think it was uh, his ideal I wrote down was that he changes his mind quite a lot. Yeah. So I don't know if it showed, but a lot of the times I played Siba, I was like, look, we have to do this. This is the right thing to do. And somebody would be like, oh, we could do this. And he'd be like, that's a great idea. Let's do that. <laughs> Just like be instantly ready to start shooting magic missiles everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. It was a lot of fun just playing someone who was just low random XD, I guess, is the easiest well, no, way to It felt like it had a purpose. Like, for the, for the example I gave, like, I think when, like, my pacifist guy was trying to talk everyone down, Sibo, like, initiating a fight wouldn't have been like, oh, this is boring. I don't like pacifism. He has a fireball. Yeah, yeah. It was a case of this is going south. My buddy over there is probably going to get, like, several arrows in him. I'm going to try and circumvent that, whereas I feel like yeah. um, anyone else just literally just wanted to fight. Yes, that, that was... Sibo liked talking people out of combat, but he was always ready to like just roll up his cuffs and be like, oh, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> it was, I think uh, that was back when you played Flubbert. Yes, that was, big flop. It was, a lot of, yeah, it was a lot of fun playing like complete opposites because you were like a pretty straight-faced, you know... I, I don't want to say no-nonsense because you were definitely a goofball, but it, yeah, was goof much more, yeah, it was much more hidden, whereas Sibo yeah. on the surface was a goofball, so... There's a lot of fun bouncing off of characters like that. Speaking also, of... everyone hated him, which made me even happier. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of him goofing around, um, like I was never like sh- entirely sure of Sibo whether he was actually. Uh, no, I wouldn't go as far as to call him a con man, but like I don't know if he was ever aware of how actually like bad he was at magic, or whether he was genuinely <laughs> trying. And that was fascinating to me because, like, sometimes he'd be like, he'd disguise himself, he'd try and trick people, and then, like, but then, like, if he needed to do a performance check, he would really try and do it. And I'm like, what? What? Is he generally just fucking about? Like, I don't understand. It was honestly, it was a. Uh, I don't want to be that guy who's like, you know, every character is an extension of me, but it, that was like an actual extension of me. Was yeah. I, I like to put a lot of bravado and overconfidence on things that I can't do because. It's hilarious when you can't do them, and people are like, but you were just saying you could do that. Sivo was the same way. He actually, like, he was like, he, I, I think he believed that he was good at it, but he secretly yeah. deep down knew that he knew nothing about what he was doing. <laughs> so it was just like, it was just a lot of trial and error. Like, the first thing we did was, because um, the campaign opened with us, like, just waking up in a field after just yeah. a general night of tavern stuff. The first thing I rolled was a natural one on my performance check, and that kind of just set, like, Sibo as a character in stone <laughs> from that point on. Was He came over from Whimsial with, like, ten woodland animals, rolled a natural one, lost all of his woodland animals, then fell asleep. <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I think it was a... I don't want to say con, because he wasn't, like, actively yeah. trying to trick people. I, I think I'd go with when you said, like, he was trying... He was trying, but, you know, deep down he knew that he wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of Sibo, uh, what do you think, like, even though he's sadly not with us anymore, do you think during oh, his yeah. uh, his <laughs> lifespan, did he have, like, a certain defining moment, or any uh, typical, like, or fight or anything you were particularly proud of, or anything? Oh, man, that's a good one. Oh, God, Sibo did so much stupid stuff that it, it's really... I mean, obviously, so we went to... Uh, just for people watching who don't know. We went to Whimsy R, which was his homeland. He got chucked out of it yeah. because it was a it was a place full of wizards and he never studied, but he was really good at magic. So there was like a bit of gnome jealousy. 
and then they got attacked by dragons and they're like Sibo's a dickhead it was clearly his fault so when he went back everyone hated him and it was kind of like I guess I mean I don't want to say redemption because it wasn't completely redemption but yeah. uh he went in cleaned up the mess people liked him again I think I think that was like probably the main character moment for Sibo because we thought um it was like a nerfed dragon I don't know if it was a baby dragon I honestly can't remember but it was a big dragon and we probably weren't the right level for it and everyone had their asses kicked it was it knocked me out uh, yeah it was Chavage's first fight when he didn't believe dragons are real Sibo <laughs> <laughs> went down twice Ren fucking died <laughs> I, f- I think uh, it was Miscrevis at that point I don't yeah she was yeah oh wait no I, I died at the the preamble I died at the baby dragon well I didn't oh, die right. I got knocked out and then we fought the actual big I think it was bronze wasn't it it was yes. brass. Oh, brass. brass. Yeah. Same thing. You all look the fucking same. We. Whoa. And that was. I like to. If I had to pick a fight for serious Sibo, I feel like that was it because it was less. Sibo yeah. went into combat, a bit flamboyant, saying a lot of catchphrases. But for that one fight, it was like you know totally serious because you kind of realised that oh, damn, friends are dying and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just and you know we took out a dragon. Ran off to save Ren. The town liked him again. They got rid of Sibo uh, Day as a holiday, where they all celebrated when they got rid of Sibo, <laughs> and they changed it to they changed it to Sibo Day, where he saved everyone. <laughs> but um, apart from that fight, if we want to go the other way, I always remember in like I think it was like the first or second game, we walked down a road. I had used a charm person on our dragon character, a yeah. dragon kin, dragonborn. I can't remember what they're called. Dragonborn, uh, yeah. Dragonborn, yeah, who was very stuffy, mm-hmm. and he uh, he <laughs> he came off that way. I used charm person. We became best friends for an hour. We walked down the road. He had me sitting on his shoulders while I laughed and I shot like that. magic. Yeah, and we found an old man on a cart. Simo <laughs> just from Torin's shoulders started shooting fire at everyone, being like, "We'll save you, old man." Just, oh man. <laughs> Oh man, just the stuff like that was fun for Sibo. He was really, uh, he thought he was bigger than what he was. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that. I think it was that what made it so good was Dave, who was uh, playing the dragon character, it was his willingness to like just commit oh, to the yeah, charm completely. person. Completely. Yeah. And just completely the way he, like holding you on his shoulders like a child, skipping <laughs> <laughs> through the forest. For the fucking... oh, man. Yeah. yeah, as far as battles go, two different sides, like both very fun. Yeah. So in terms of like not like we've already discussed like where you got Sebo's personality from or anything, but was the, what was the inspiration for like his his look? What was the inspiration for the fact that he always carries little like woodland critters around with himself? Did you base them on any like existing characters or anything like that? Uh, it was honestly just kind of uh, brainstorming. Sebo, I mean, I'm sure somebody out there would be like, it's not original. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's this character. But no, he was probably the most original character I've made. Just because it was more messing about, making an extension of myself. I was like, what can I do to really make him wacky? But obviously, he wore a bright pink outfit. My favorite color is pink, so I wanted to be as stupid as possible. Uh, I went for the typical magician look. Just top hat, cape, you know, lots of bowing, lots of uh, big sleeves that he kept stuff off. With the Woodland Critters, it was just honestly straight out of the player's handbook. They were like, gnomes like to sometimes keep pets and i was like oh magician rabbit you know and that goes hand in hand yeah. and uh, conquer the squirrel just came about because i was like 
I just said to Mike IDM, I was like, I'm looking for squirrels because I like squirrels, <laughs> basically. Hang on, wait. So just to like to give everyone visibility at home, like after Sibo's death, like all of his critters were presumed dead. Our my character recently found in his old home or in his old room, sorry, his squirrel friend Conker and like adopted him, sort of. Oh, so man, does that mean that the was... rabbit's fucking dead? <laughs> yeah, Dimple's one hundred. So before. Before Sibo died, he had a uh, he had an escape, an attempted escape moment from some big old royal guards, yeah. where Conker Conker got away, but Dimples always stayed under Sibo's hat because he was really like shy and yeah. you know. So unfortunately, Dimples was definitely there when Sibo got blown up. <laughs> um, I mean, unless this is a universe where tiny woodland creatures are immune to damage. But, I mean, uh, I've never tried I... it myself. Apparently, rabbit is delicious. So <laughs> yeah. um, We had that whole section where people were eating rabbit in front of Sibo and Dimples. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Uh, and another thing, um, I've lost my train of thought. Eh? Oh, yeah. Can we discuss like whatever, what always used to happen when Sibo got knocked out? The little fireworks oh, thing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so... <laughs> This came about, this was really spur of the moment. So, obviously, magicians have a lot of stuff going on, like, you know, in their clothes. You've seen people, like, you must have seen magicians doing yeah, tricks yeah. and stuff that keep stuff up their sleeves and their hats. You... I was like, what if you just kind of had, like, a little arcane trigger, or maybe not even arcane, just, you know, a bunch of. So, the first time, the first time Sivo uh, went down in combat, I just said there was a whoopee cushion in his trousers. So <laughs> as, he, as he flopped over, it's just a big old fart noise as he landed. People enjoyed that. So then it kind of escalated to the point where, like, it have like what they called like party poppers, and you, yeah. you know those little those little blowy party things, just stuff like that in his clothes <laughs> that would just go off whenever he had the crap kicked out of him. I think. Part of that as well was, I think my character had played a, a prank on you to get you back for something that you had done, and I had like used sleight of hand and invisible mage hand to tie some of your strings together oh, or something. Yeah, yeah. No, you absolutely did. Yeah, you tied all of my stuff together into like one trigger instead of. Yeah, no, yeah, good remembering. Because yeah, he had a bunch of stuff under his clothes that he'd use for his stuff, and you tied them all into one trigger. So when he went over, literally every part of his magic act just went off at once. <laughs> 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 Jesus, <laughs> man! Yeah, that just kind of became a running gag. I really enjoyed that. It was great. Right now, we're going to talk about another character of yours who I have Whoa. no idea about, as I never met them. It is someone called Maud, I believe. You never met Maud? I did not. I was. Oh only... no! Yeah, so I guess I'll just give people a, a really quick rundown. Uh, we had a little time skip moment where characters went off to like do their own personal goals, but uh, obviously we wanted to keep on playing. So Ryan and I brought in two new characters while Sibo went off with your character at the uh, well, I say at the time, still at the time, Chaffinch. Yes. They went back to Whimsial and had a, a duo bro trip for like a month and a half, which is why they became such good friends by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. I brought in Maud. Um, I assume you guys have seen Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah. Yeah, Maud was Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Sibo was over-the-top flamboyant, you know, always ready to get into danger. I was like, I just want to play the opposite now. So yeah. I played Maud, who was a little... It's a homebrew race called a mouse folk. Yeah. They're literally, like, three-foot-tall 
uh, mice on uh, bipedal legs. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was a wizard because I wanted to do supporty stuff. He was scared of everything, and the only reason he did stuff was because he met uh, Ryan's character, Ard, Ard the Ancient, I think. Yeah. Is that his full name? Yeah. Ard the Ancient, who was like, you know, he was a paladin who wanted to protect people. Maud was just along for the ride. <laughs> but uh, he had he had no spells that could do damage. Maud did zero points of damage in the whole time he was in the party. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I only two. Yeah, he didn't do any damage. <laughs> I didn't Maud was uh he was like I think skittish is the term. Like he was yeah. very nervous. He didn't like hurting people unless he had to, which uh he got pulled into for like a month in game time. <laughs> it was like the worst month of his life, which is why he promptly disappeared. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, he came from Terra's Peak, which is like a big capital city in our place. Yeah. Uh, he lived in like a secret alleyway, which all these wizard mice, they had spent years making this thick fog that people couldn't, would get scared to walk through. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an actual spell. I can't remember what the spell's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. So his whole character was, uh, I guess, a bit roguish in, like, you know, sneaking. But I wouldn't, I didn't want to play a rogue. I really wanted to play someone with intelligence after Simo. Simo <laughs> <laughs> should have been smart, but he wasn't. But yeah, Maud used stuff like sleep, blindness, deafness, enlarge. Grease. Like, gre- oh, grease me up. Yeah. yeah. He had all supporty spells. And honestly, it's probably, it's probably, like, some of the most fun I've had playing a character. Because when you play a character who's full on support, you kind of have to really think about the fight and like what stuff's going to happen. Like, um, I think there was a good combo move me and you came up with because Ard had that shield, uh, is it shield master? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Where you could knock people, yeah, where you could knock people back. So Mord would like put grease behind them, and we'd just knock them over and stuff. Mm. There's a lot of uh, wacky hijinks. Yeah, he was he was Courage the Cowardly Dog with the voice of Perry from Kevin and Perry. <laughs> I really did enjoy him. So I think people liked him. Is he is he still among the living? Yes, he got Excellent. out just before everyone died. Nice. <laughs> yeah. From, yeah, from the picture yeah. that you've sent me, he does look like a adorable little fella, and I wouldn't want his face to get oh, caved yeah. in by a death knight. So he was uh, he's adorable, but uh, he hated human interaction <laughs> so there was like a lot of kids trying to hug him and like even miscuro was hugging and he was just like he really didn't like people being near him <laughs> so it was just a constant he was just anxiety mouse basically oh, yeah a lot of fun and uh he went off with art to uh go and help him research where he came from and i think he's very happy being a scientist in a faraway land <laughs> i'm really happy beefy man <laughs> As much as I love Simo, he was a time bomb until he was going to die. Maud, I didn't want to die ever because he's too nice. He's <laughs> he was like two years old, I think. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, they grew up really quick, so he was like a two-year-old mouse. Oh, man, good times. I loved yeah. his interactions um, because at that point of the group, it was still, besides like, uh, you know, Devin and, and Chaffinch not being there, it was still the same sort of group and having the interactions from Sibo being completely different from how the interactions with Maud were was, was really interesting as well. Yeah, it was nice to play off it in a different way because whereas Sibo used to push people a lot, like he didn't do it out of like, you know, being mean spirited. He just knew how to push buttons and he found it funny. So, you know, Torin was very uppity and he'd like take the mick out of him for that. Ren was a gnome from a completely different place. He was like very, uh, he was a cleric, so he was very... Uh, by the book law man 
and Simo yeah. just loved being like, we should be wacky because we're gnomes. Maud was the complete opposite. He was terrified of Torin. He didn't understand Ren. <laughs> he was like, he was very much a background character, but I liked playing him like that. Yeah. And uh, he had a few moments of bravery as well, which was quite nice. There was a, there was a time where I think it was it was Ard who got knocked out, right? Um, maybe on the roof. Yeah. So Ard like got fell off of a roof after getting peppered with like thirty goddamn arrows because you were huge. Jesus. And. Uh, Maud's big character development moment was doing a performance check to distract, uh, to distract people while he just ran across a road. Which doesn't sound like much, but bear in mind he was very much always in the back line, not trying to get involved in any kind of combat. I mean, if there was enough arrows to take down a tank paladin... And then, oh, Maud would be here. And then <laughs> Maud would... <laughs> the dude who's two years old, three foot tall, is running across the road going, shoot me instead. Like, he would have been turned into a pincushion, mm. probably. Oh, one thing you would have liked, Gary, was a, a played, um, I think it was an abjuration wizard. Yeah. And they get an, they get an ability where they get an arcane shield mm-hmm. and they can project it at some point. Yeah. So half of Sibo's, half of Maud's moves were... Uh, he would Captain America his shield in front of people Ooh, <laughs> to like, like take that. hits for people. Yeah, his support class for him for it was super fun. Nice. I'd happily play that kind of wizard again. Right, let's get on to the the big beefy portion. Oh, let's God. talk about rough. <laughs> I'm really biased towards rough. So I used to think that like Sibo would always be like you know that's my go-to fun time character. Uh, when I, we made rough because we unfortunately took a fight we shouldn't have. <clears throat> no, no one's idea here, of course. It was completely everyone else. And we <laughs> but Ryan and I lost our characters, unfortunately, RIP. And because um, I used to, I really like playing smaller characters. Um, I think just from growing up with like Dragon Ball and you know, yeah, Pokemon stuff like that. There's just something really fun about being a small character who can you know punch up. Mm-hmm. Which I've always found appealing, which is why I play I play dwarves so much, then gnomes, then uh, mouse folks. I was like, let's just do something completely different, and uh, yeah, <laughs> rough the drunk monk was born. So he's he's a now he's a barbarian monk uh, cross class, but he was yeah. just a monk. Um, so when you play a monk, the general rule is you stack decks because dex monks are ridiculous, and that's how you should play them. Like they're just really good. Yeah. So I did the complete opposite and decided to, to play a strength monk because I just like the idea of someone completely overpowering people by yeah. punching them in the head. <laughs> he, um... Oh, God, where do I even start? So Ruff is an eight intelligence half-orc. He's a complete... He's from, like, the sticks. Yeah. He, uh, it was, again, the same kind of thing with Whimsyar was I wanted to make him a product of where he was from. Mm-hmm. So he's literally just a farmer like there's there was nothing really special about him he just has really big farmer's muscles and he's a meathead but uh (laughs) yeah yeah exactly except i think way nicer than brock lesnar the the character brock lesnar not him irl yeah don't say anything disparaging about him casey yeah he uh i wanted to make a character who had uh parents or in this case one parent yeah because uh well simo's parents were dead Mm-hmm. Maud's parents were in the game, but they weren't like a prominent figure. They were just, you know, Maud has parents, they're alive. Yeah. So, so I said to Mike, I was like, I just want to have, like, you know, 
just i wouldn't have to have like a proper normal family upbringing somewhat so his mum, who is a dwarf because you know small people are fun <laughs> he's very he's very protect protective over her she taught him how to fight he uh he learned stuff from his dad as well yeah uh oh man what a, so he's he's a drunken monk because so part of his backstory was um they were their town was being like completely picked dry by a lord who wanted more money but they had really bad like uh grounds for growing crops and stuff yeah so but one day he discovered like you know oh this barley and stuff grows really well in this soil mm-hmm. and it turns out his town's really good for growing just just, just making the stuff to hops and shit like that yeah hops hops and stuff so I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, that's that's a good excuse for a drunk monk, and that yeah. gives me an excuse for the way I play him as well, which is, um, so we have three monks in the party. Yours, uh, Chaffinch dips in and out of combat, like you'll go in for punches, then get out and throw yeah. uh, knives. Jax is very utility based, and he's got big armor, so he can take more hits. So I made Ruff to be the guy who sticks on people, because like he has the crap kicked out of him, but he's just there to be an annoyance, like you know he hunts people down. He just stays on them, so yeah, they like he, mm-hmm. they can't get to the back line as much. Oh man, he's so fun. Like I was saying at the start of this huge rent, like Sibo, I thought would always have a place in my heart, but Ruff's super grown on me. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't sure how much I'd like him, but now he's just a he massive good. goofball. He's a complete idiot. But <laughs> well, I was saying so to Ryan, like the thing I like about Ruff and Jax is like. As soon as a fight starts, and my brain just turns off in terms of worrying about either of your characters because they're both just brick shit houses, and <laughs> yeah. like even to the point where Ryan's character Jax is made of fucking paper mache. But I had no idea because he's got all these abilities that raises AC. It's the same with um like like when I came back into the party, I wasn't sure how Ruff just would die all the time until I clocked on that is had like a vampiric sword type deal going on i was oh, like yeah i didn't mention the sword and like yeah in that big fight where we almost got like two-thirds of the party killed by that exploding demon like you guys lasted up close and personal way longer than you should have because i tried it right at the start of the fight and got mulched in one turn and then ran oh, away <laughs> i was like oh fuck was, i'm on fire it's thanks to a lot of teamwork that rough stays up i feel uh, i feel bad because of people people have to put a lot of heals into rough He's got he's got a bigger health pool now, but he didn't at the start because I rolled I had a barbarian dice and I rolled one yeah. on them twice. Jeez. So instead of twenty four HP, I got two or you know like <laughs> five or whatever it was with my cards. <laughs> but uh, yeah, rough fighting. I don't tell people often. You'll hear me say because we have a rule which is when you hit half health, you can say that you're looking rough. Yeah, and it's just a way to like you know, without saying oh I'm on five HP exactly. You know, it's just a it's a nice flavor way to be yeah, like, I'm yeah. hurting. I'm in trouble, yeah. yeah. I have 10 HP. What HP? <laughs> Ruff never has mid-range health. He's either maxed out or he's on 10. It's really... <laughs> he's Like, because he's not a dex monk, he doesn't have a lot of uh, AC. It's gone up now thanks to, like, you know, uh, a few traits and things that I've managed to get. Yeah. But uh, I played him as very much just a time bomb of punching until he would fall over. <laughs> it was... Like every fight we get into with Ruff, it was just like, okay, I get in, I stun people, I do as much damage as possible until we get a few people down, then it's safe for everyone else to clean up, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's scary as crap, because I don't want Ruff to die, he's such a nice guy, but, uh, <laughs> you know, 
when you're a frontline puncher, <laughs> that's what happens. I have a quick question for you. So you're talking about how a rough is sort of like overtaken Seaborn and, and who you think you've got like the most fun out of. Yeah. Do you think it was down solely to the characters or do you think it's now like over time you've gotten better at creating a character and better at playing the game? And, and that's Oh, all. man. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's definitely down to getting better at like just role playing and character interaction because uh, we started off actually we were really good we weren't too murder hobo-y when we first started playing like properly because this campaign's been i don't know about you guys but it's been my first like long campaign this has gone over yeah. two years whereas yeah. normally i pay for like a month at most but uh yeah i think i think it's a mix of me getting better at character interaction and everyone else getting better at character interaction mm. and i think the group we have now is a lot easier to bounce around from because yeah. with Sibo, it was a lot of, I mean, uh, your character, Devin, I, I don't want to say as uppity as Torin, but you know, you were, you were serious. You weren't like, you, you had your jokey moments, but he was very much mm. a stop being a shitter Sibo, <laughs> like, <laughs> like most people in the party. So it was, Sibo was very much, you know, winding people up a bit. Whereas now our party composition, oh Jesus, <laughs> we've got a bunch of goofballs. We've got Nicks who we, completely wind up all the time chaffinch jacks and ruff are a horrible trio of personalities the brothers themselves <laughs> yeah, the brothers. It's, i think i think that's a lot of the interactions that has made me enjoy ruff more is because you guys have brought like the best of him out and uh mm. i think it's just his general personality because um sibo likes doing the right thing but it was never like a priority for him if that makes sense yeah so if, if he could help Innocence, he would. But if, you know, if he had to do something mean-spirited, he would do it. Uh, I've played rough, very a bit more lawful than I thought I would, but I kind of lend that way because we've got so many more um, like wild cards in the party. And I yeah. think that's kind of what's brought me out more. He's got like he's got a bit of a moral code, despite being a big drunk half-orc with eight intelligence. <laughs> like, it's fun to bounce off of people in that way. Like, Yeah, he's much more of like a... A well-to-do jovial drunk than a, even though yeah, he is part that's... barbarian, it's never really. He's never. He's yeah, not the type of barbarian who's gonna flip out and do friendly fire damage because he's so angry or anything like that. Yeah, like the only times he's gotten angry is like normally with himself because uh, we didn't like speak about it too much. But um, so when you take a level in barbarian, you learn how to use barbarian weapons, obviously. Yeah. And there was there was a little week in-game time where Jackson Ruff went off to go visit his mum. And I kind of like we just ruled. I just ruled it there and then, like it just a spur of the moment thing. Was Jax taught Ruff how to fight with a sword? Like yeah. just over that week, he kind of picked it up, and that was like the first time he got angry. It was because he got angry with himself because he was like, "I don't know how to use this goddamn thing. All I do is punch." <laughs> and suddenly he's swinging around a metal vampiric sword. So it was like, yeah, that was like the first bit of barbarian. And then I said to Mike afterwards, I was like, I don't think it ever came up. But I said, like, oh, if we rule, like, you know, the anger stuff for rough, can it come from more of a, like you said, jovial drunk? So, you know, like, just a drunk guy who, who's having a good time as opposed to a drunk guy angry looking for a fight. Not like yeah. a hooligan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of lose that flavor every now and then, but I suppose that happens with everyone because, you know, it's hard to keep a character the same <laughs> like, all the time. Definitely, so sometimes yeah. I, like, sometimes I roll back into normal barbarian. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Like, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's so unique. So uh, on that, on just like uh, like say the moment you went back, learned how to fight with the, the sword and all that stuff. 
is there any moment like similar to what we asked about SIBO, like what do you think so far is the, the best moment for you for Russ? Like has there <laughs> been anything in particular? So the, I was, as soon as you said that, it popped into my head instantly. One thing I'll always come back to is, so Ruff fancies himself a businessman. Yeah. He's, he's actually surprisingly good at it. Like it's gone really well <laughs> considering he's got zero charisma modifier. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, one of the early games, so Ruff turned up with a bunch of barrels of his ale, Ruff's rough ale as he calls it, mm -hmm. he wanted to sell it. So he was like, oh, Jax, you're good with people. This is Ryan's character, yeah, uh, who is a bard. He was like, you're good with people. Can you help me sell this? So this is more of a, this is more of Ryan's moment than mine, but I loved it just from like a collab. Was yeah. like, you took over and we did, we did some performance checks and we acted out a story of a guy who drank rough, rough ale to defeat a dragon. And... <laughs> The way it always plays out in my head is if any is if people watching have seen a community when Pierce and Jeff have to do the Spanish presentation <laughs> and it's just like them with sparklers and it get and then they're like shooting guns at each other and you get to more and more outrageous <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. as it goes along. <laughs> Whenever I think of that it makes me smile. It's just so goofy and it's just like a, just perfect for the characters. I think it was like we rolled thirty-three on performance as well or something <laughs> yeah. outrageous. Like we played instruments along with it. Like, well, it started because I was giving you support because Ruff plays a ukulele, and I specifically took a ukulele because it's a giant man playing a tiny instrument. That's the only reason why I took it. <laughs> and it started with that and just turned into a full performance. Oh man, it, just like that role play in general is just really fun to do. Ruff's such an easy like. I feel like I could give rough to anyone, give them a basic outline and like, yeah. you know, 10 minutes of me saying stuff and they'd kind of get him because mm -hmm. he's such an easy character to get into, but he's such an easy character. Like, he's just such a fun character to play. No, I think yeah. it's a fun uh, character to play off as well. Yeah. 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 And he's, he's <laughs> very relatable. Like, like, what does he want? Success in like, just to get more money and also just to do well by his family. Like, He's not overly mm -hmm. complicated. He hasn't got any like grand goals to like. Like you would have thought that when he do, because we recently capped off one of your major plot points where there was a dude in a keep above your little oh, village who was just being yeah. a shitter to everyone, and like we defeated him, and like some like more, I don't want to say more complex characters because Ruffy is complex, but like some more like ambitious in terms of like political landscape they would have taken the key for themselves and started mm -hmm. like delegating things and just sort of doing stuff like that but like as soon as we defeat him you're like that's good enough for me like evil stomped out let's go on to the next thing so like yeah, i think because of his was... low intelligence i think that also makes him more honest than most characters because like he's not he's not pretending to do anything he doesn't have any ulterior motives he's like this is what i'm going to do let's yeah, do yeah. that and then the next one let's do that which also i feel like as someone who plays them like I, I felt the same way about like my barbarians like because they're so simple it's you you don't you're not encroaching on other people's storylines it's very much like here here's what i want to do i can help you or i can do my own thing and it all it all feels very organic because you're not like you don't have like an end game it's just like uh it's very black and white for for a character of low intelligence which i think is quite nice and simple yeah, exactly. Like, just to go back to that Kaylin stuff as well. So, um, Ruff had it out for Kaylin because when they were younger, Kaylin executed his father for something Ruff did. Because Ruff tried to take a fight with this guy and all of his boys. Yeah. Obviously, it went badly because Ruff was like 10 years old. <laughs> so, he had the crap kicked out of him. He was going to be killed, but his dad stepped up to be executed instead. 
so that was like it was a lot of motivation for rough but um i think part of like like you said, it's it's a simple goal like you said it's like when we got there is like around that time i was thinking what would rough want out of this and it was never about you know oh i need to kill kaylin because it started off as a funny joke as i need to chuck kaylin out of a window yeah that was rough's only goal like i didn't even necessarily say you know kill him it's just he needs to be thrown out of a window <laughs> yeah he's done and but then when we got there and it was like i really i gotta say props to mike for that whole section i, I know yeah, it's biased really because you know that's my character's backstory but um going into that rough was like you know uh he went from i want to chuck him out a window to i want him to go to jail because that's what happens to bad people they go and serve their time and that's like the kind of guy rough is he tries to he tries to like just abide by the laws and stuff yeah but um when we got there kaylin had been like horribly poisoned and the only thing keeping him alive was one of rough's father's power gauntlets that he wears yeah I don't actually think I said that. Rough wears the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just gauntlets of ogre strength, but, uh, you know, we rolled it a bit more into story, so it puts yeah, his strength yeah. up to 19. But that was the only thing keeping Kaelin alive was he had one of those gauntlets. So Ruff took it back, obviously, because it's, you know, it's, it belongs to his dad, so he wanted it back. Yeah. And as soon as he kicked him off, Kaelin just, kind of, like, he didn't die horribly, he just, he was on the edge of living anyway. Turned into so mac and cheese and flew it away. Yeah, like yeah. he wouldn't have taken a single hit. If I had punched him once, he would have died. Yeah. But I didn't do that. I just wrestled the gauntlet off him and he just like died and floated away. And we had a really nice moment on the ship afterwards when Jack was like, oh, did that go like the way you thought it would? And Ruff was like, no. <laughs> but like, you know, it came from a point of he wants to do the right thing. But, you know, what's there to feel right about when you've just taken a gauntlet off a guy He's melted in front of you, and then his father's crying afterwards. Like, even though Ruff took it out on his dad, that was just yeah. out of pure anger, because he was like, uh, I f like, I felt bad not putting more time into that, but the whole motivation, because he, like, threw his dad across the room. Yeah. It was more out of anger that he couldn't do the right thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, that he and had he, to, yeah. like, he got his own sort of end to his story or that part of his yeah. story, but it was at the expense of, like, someone losing a loved one, which is why you went on the whole quest and so it sounds exactly, like you're perpetuating yeah. a cycle in like maybe exactly. that's, that's the, the real reason you were angry type thing yeah i like i look back at it now i wish i played it out a bit more but rough's a very simple like you said he's a simple character simple motivations he's not a man of many words he just kind of threw him out of the way and it was like a, you know he killed my dad but uh it, it all comes down to you know that guy killed his dad and now he's killed that guy's son it's you know it's not a nice feeling so uh so my question regarding this and i'll expand on why i'm asking this in a second yeah like, yeah if you want to reveal it if not because we're still in that campaign but like what is ruff's mm -hmm. alignment he's he was new he's neutral good yeah like that's what he started as mm -hmm. i think i've lent i think over time i've lent more towards lawful honestly yeah the, so what i got from like the whole sequence of you pulling like the gauntlet off well your dad's gauntlet off that character and the villain and then putting it giving it back to yourself and rather than you could have just you then used the gauntlets even though you were like floating through like this dimensional space you could have punched him into dust but i think what the goodness in rough as a character prevented him from doing that so it's just a case of like he actually got what he wanted it's like i i made it right by getting my dad's gauntlet back because you are yeah. a barbarian you could have went into super rage mode at being that close to this guy who you've had a grudge with for so long and i think the fact that you're 
um, acknowledgement of this is I've made it right. I don't need to go that step further. Sort of means that your the goodness within him is sort of overpowered his sort of like more base instincts to like just rage and pummel someone to dust. So I thought it was very mm-hmm. it was an incredibly important uh, moment for your character in my opinion. Yeah, like he's like that's a with the session has just gone because we just kind of had like a role play session mostly. Yeah, that was kind of what I wanted. That's kind of like what I was visiting. You've nailed it on the head there. It was like. It wasn't until after that whole kind of thing because you know it takes time to process what you want your character to be feeling and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But that was exactly it. You know, he took the he took the gauntlet back. He could have punched Kalen, but even if Kalen was alive, I don't think he would have. Like if Kalen survived that, if he didn't just you know die from a disease, I think Ruff would have probably like grabbed him and you know taken him with him mm-hmm. to try and get some kind of justice for it. Uh, I certainly lean towards lawful good. The problem. I say problem, the, uh, you know, it's a good thing. The thing with our campaign at the moment is we're living in like a post-apocalyptic world yeah. and the, the law is really corrupt. Well, not really corrupt, but, you know, there's a lot of corruption in the law right now. Yeah. And Ruff is a product of that corruption, obviously, because, you know, the Lord, the lords were, you know, being horrible to his town and abusing the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he leans towards lawful, but I don't think he'll ever be fully lawful because of, like because of the current system mm-hmm. it's uh that was one thing i wrestled with how you said about how he didn't want to take the keep i was like would rough take the keep and try and you know make things good for everyone around him but even though that's a really nice character it like it didn't feel right for rough yeah i think it's like, his limitations in terms of like being a leader and stuff ex- exactly like it wouldn't have worked it would have it would have felt really weird for this just you know bumble this like kid from the sticks to try and you know make things good for everyone so i think Mm. it made more sense for him to you know he's trying to do it from outside of the law which is a good thing with uh there's a character called general strong who was made by ryan and mike who's like taken over the keep now and after that i was like okay this is good because general strong is you know as far as we know a nice upstanding man ross very happy to have him in control because he knows that he's looking out for the people I think it came together really well in the end. Like, I put way too much thought into like, you know, what am I going to do? Like, did we take this fort? Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's all worked out in the end. Ruff gets to carry on being just a, a man of the people, but he doesn't have to take a leadership role, which would never work. Yeah, yeah. especially with, um, that's a beautiful segue onto your character sheet, which you can take a look at. Because leaders need charisma, and Ruff only has 10 charisma. <laughs> <laughs> He started with nine, but I used an ASI to get him up to ten. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's good to round out. Yeah, it was, I think I had... my characters. <laughs> Does Chapinch have eight charisma? Yeah, because he's insufferable. Oh wait, you haven't me saying that in your in the, when you talk to Ryan. Yeah. We'll, we'll get out of that in my episode. Um, so <laughs> I just I actually like because for Ruff, like the way you touched on it earlier, you wanted to be a monk, but you also wanted to be like a punchy monk rather than like the swiftness of like a, a thousand eagles running up walls and backflipping although i'm pretty sure you could give it a good go because you are a monk he, he can run up trees <laughs> but like the, the thing you're mostly leaning into from what i could see is strength and like constitution because we like we do after ren's passing we don't really have a tank unless miscrea is like using an earth elemental form or something like that mm-hmm. like even my my own characters that are usually like up close and personal like chaffinches in the tank at all um but also what's interesting to me and i'm not maybe i'm missing something here but you've got 16 wisdom what's the deal yes yeah, so monks obviously 
the way monks calculate the AC is yeah. uh, dexterity plus wisdom. Mm -hmm. But um, I wanted to. The way I always think of it is intelligence is book smarts. It, bleh, oh, that really shows my book smarts coming out. <laughs> intelligence, <laughs> is, intelligence is book smarts, and wisdom is more like street smarts. I guess it's like yeah. you know what you've learned about the land. Mm -hmm. So I think so. The way I kind of ruled it out was Ruff learned a lot from his mum and his dad. He knows a lot about farming, about animals, about you know which mushrooms you should eat, which ones you shouldn't eat. Yeah. That's and also his mum's a monk anyway. I don't know if Mike's changed it, but originally she was a monk of the open hand. Yeah. yeah. So she kind of because he's a half orc and you know he's you know easy to anger, just with yeah. that barbarian bloodline. Uh, I always wrote it as, you know, his dad taught him a lot about the world while his mum taught him, like, the patience of fighting, if that makes sense. Yeah. So every, like, all of the actual monk stuff is just a product of his parents, really. Mm -hmm. And uh, the intelligence, uh, it was always going to be eight because having a drop stat is fun and having an idiot from a farm <laughs> is even more fun. <laughs> so, yeah, so wisdom, I mean, obviously from a, um, you know, I won't say it's all flavor because obviously it's just, you know, from a um, yeah. from a character standpoint, you need a bit of AC, especially if you're going to be in the. No, front wisdom line. is extremely useful of monks, but like, mm -hmm. say, like, is someone like me who has a monk, like, I wouldn't put that many points in it. Um, yeah, maybe that's was, just because challenge is stupid, but regardless. Yeah, it was more because I think it's like survival checks and animal handling and stuff. I always like, I always thought would rough be better at acrobatics or you know just general stuff like that. So yeah. I, I lent more towards wisdom, just because I feel like. It's it's a hard one because they're they're very close. I think there's only like one like two points between them. It's so like six. I think sixteen and fourteen. Yeah, that was the next thing I was gonna ask yeah. is why you've got animal handling. But when you think about from my experience with Ruff and like him as a character, I don't think it would necessarily mean he like knows how to ride horses and stuff and like tame mm -hmm. things. But I think just because of his nature, like when he's not being a barbarian and like being angry and stuff like he is pretty gentle like he's just very a simple person who sees good and things i think animals would feel at ease around him type thing yeah it was it was very much just a, like a that was the character i was going for you've nailed it there and then it's just you know little things like he works on farms so there's probably sheep you know pigs stuff like that admittedly we haven't seen much of that in the town because it's now changed into a, in a yeah. completely ale making town but you know he grew up he grew up around farm animals and stuff yeah and and i think it's a nice uh juxtaposition from being a six foot six half orc like super imposing being yeah, yeah. you know like an incredible specimen like an incredible athlete mm -hmm. but then also having like the softer side where you can approach animals or get along with people or you know that sort of thing so as well what we're trying to say is rough is android 16 <laughs> oh my god oh i thought he was totally original but he's android 16 leave me no other choice let it go go on let it go <laughs> uh so the, the like so the character sheet makes total sense apart from one thing that i'm gonna one last thing i'm gonna point on is like how come he's got proficiency in performance i get the intimidation part but... so i wouldn't have taken it but part of uh when you take drunken master monk it, you get performance just by taking that monk oh, line okay. So that's why he has a ukulele, oh, and okay. I always kind of I wrote it down to um, less natural talent and more personality. Like yeah. you know how you have those drunks who are very good at telling stories. You know they got yeah, all the hand yeah, motions, yeah. they'll act it out. That was the way I always thought of it. Was just you know 
he's a proper laugh. <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not a good singer, but he's good at karaoke. Exactly. Like it's only because he has no points in charisma. It's literally just you know a proficiency. So he's not you know like he's not got like seven or eight performance. I think it's yeah. just four. It's four. so yeah, and he's a he's a folk hero as well. Because oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. oh I, I didn't even mention that because of a specific backstory, but uh, part of what made Ruff famous around the lands was Lord Kalen unleashed a minotaur on the town just yeah. to like clear it up and say, oh, it was a natural disaster. You know, it wasn't me. Ruff took it out, and that kind of spreads to all the little towns. So like you know, news of that, it was like, oh, there was a you know a commoner who beat up a minotaur. So that was always kind of yeah. my deal with like the performance stuff for Ruff was his personality exceeds him, if oh, that okay. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So he's well known, he's good at telling stories, but you know you wouldn't want to sit there listening to him sing or, or play the ukulele for more than ten minutes. It's it's a party trick at most. No, I think that like the whole like storytelling thing is because he's he's got quite low intelligence and he has got this sort of honest like just air to him. Like mm. if like say. It, when you first met the chaffinch, he, he'd go to you, uh, like, I've defeated a minotaur. He'd be like, all right, kid. But if he did, if, if Ruff came up to you, he'd be like, oh, shit, he probably has. Shit, yeah, exactly. That's like, that was, so there was like, so just to bring it back to Sibo a bit as well, mm-hmm. there was a big running gag with Sibo, which I loved, by the way. I wasn't bitter about it at all. Sibo really wanted to be known by everyone. Yeah. Like, he really wanted to be a famous magician. But everyone got his name wrong, including his own party members. I think even Chaffinch was gonna get wrong until they spent like a year, like until they spent like a month together. Yeah, I used to call him <laughs> Steamboat before. <laughs> so that was just a good running gag. It was this dude who really wants to be famous, who will never ever be famous, and I feel like I was fine with that. That was a great uh, thing. With Ruff, it's kind of the other way around. He's so humble that it's made him famous, mm, yeah. and I just like the way that plays out because it's not famous, isn't it? Is in everyone's like. There he is. That's rough. You know, he saved everyone. It's just, oh, isn't that the dude who uh, people were talking about? Look at him. He seems like a guy. <laughs> it's like, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice uh, continuity from Sibo that would never happen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice reflection of like, if doing the honest work gets the honest reward type thing. Yeah, where exactly. Sibo is just like, hey, let me do these shitty politics. <laughs> Spread my name. Sibo was totally in it for. Not totally in it. He was mostly in it for himself. You know, he really liked the idea of being famous and being yeah. over the top and having everyone love him. Ruff just accidentally stumbles into things and just makes a name for himself without really trying. Yeah, it's a, it's a great juxtaposition. Ooh, big word. Ooh, um, nice words. So, with all of the characters discussed, we get on to the section of... Are there any characters you have yet to play that you want to play? Any ideas for the future? Not any like immediate ones, like say your next character, because you obviously don't want to spoil it for the rest of us mm-hmm. in the campaign. But like, is there any like character type you've always wanted to play but never really gotten around to? You got any ideas oh, brewing or anything? Yeah, so I think I said to Ryan uh, a few weeks back, obviously we're in like the final act of this campaign yeah like, there's probably still quite a ways to go but we're you know we're entering end game you know it's yeah. so i've started doing a lot of brainstorming and everyone wants to keep characters a secret obviously because you know you don't want to be like i'm playing this race and this class and you know i want you all to know so i've rolled up like uh, i say rolled up i've got general stats and some ideas for like f- four characters i think it was yeah so I've got a I've got a paladin, 
and uh, I, I will say it's it's a it's a Minotaur Paladin who I want to play as like a complete tank if we need a tank. Yeah, I've, I've got a healer ready, who is um, I, I don't mind saying this because people aren't going to look too much into it. Yeah, but uh, I've got a healer ready who is a I think I can't remember the website, but there's a website for making homebrew races where people can sell like their own ideas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a scholar. I've had this idea in for a while. But the idea of a scholar is they use intelligence, like they're a medicine check, scale off of intelligence, and their okay. healing spells scale off of intelligence. So like a field because, physician type role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, that was mostly because intelligence is a really like hard stack to take in 5th edition because there's not yeah. many classes that need it. So I was like, that'll be fun. I have a druid as well. I'm not going to say much about the druid, because I have a feeling that will be the character I play. Okay. It's a oh man, it's a really exciting idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I really like if we if we're like okay, whoever's running the next big campaign, I'll probably start with the druid because uh, it's not you know, you know when you think druid, you think oh good with plants, happy you know happy with nature, come from yeah. a very like a mm -hmm. line of elves, it's not that at all. It's it's like nice. it's like how rough's a monk. It's the same kind of complete opposite, but you know, still doing it. So sort of like so, just stumbling into the profession. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Especially um, for a druid, it's so inherent. Usually, so inherently yeah, like tied to tradition. There's whatever. Mm, there's big reasons for it, which mm. obviously I won't go into. Yeah. But yeah, I'm super excited. It was a. Druid I'm more excited about because I think it's a good flex class like you know if we don't have a healer Druid that's fine if you don't have a damage dealer hey you got a Druid if you need a tank well you, you can shape change you're still a Druid they just do everything yeah nice. yeah I've got uh, I said four I know there's a fourth one but I can't think of it right now but um, when I was making these characters it was, it was basically like I can say to people because you know, you know a lot of people don't want to say what their class and race is I can just yeah. say hey are you going to heal? Are you going to tank? Are you going to yeah, damage? Yeah, yeah. Are you utility? And whatever they say, I can be like, oh, okay, I can play this character to fit play it. Play around that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, as long as you have some basic ideas, then you can just work it into any party. So that's kind of like the that's that's the way I thought about making new characters. Yeah, but I think oh, on, on the inverse of that, it's sort of like the party we have now isn't balanced at all. We don't have like a pure healer and we have three monks. And I think that's, that's made true. things quite hilarious. <laughs> When when most of your healing comes down to a bard using healing words, <laughs> I can heal myself. Fine, I mean. Oh, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks very much, Bill. So that will no conclude our second episode of Character Witness. Uh, we sometimes stream our games live on Twitch. Well, we started doing it last time, so um, I'll put that in the description. But yeah, so that's an end to another excellent episode. Thank you, Ryan, also for joining us. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. One. It was a it was a blast talking about me. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>